right in this age and time and so as believers we must consistently right find out what is god saying what is his word saying about every area of our lives especially as regards our relationships because one thing we need to realize is this your relationship will play a critical role right in your life whether you are a single person whether you are a married person the quality of your relationship will determine the quality of life you live on the earth and this is not to mean that um, our maintaining spiritual fervency series has ended. We're going to be continuing on Wednesday. Praise the Lord. How many of us have been blessed by that series? You know, I, I strongly believe it's a series that you don't rush. It's something we really need to sit on, you know, and really dig deeper. Praise the Lord. So this morning, our focus is on <clears throat> seven reasons why. So what's the topic for today? I believe we should know it. We've all seen it. All right. The seven reasons marriages and what? Great relationships fail. Why? Because some relationships started out great, but they ended up failing anyway. Let me say this. There are some relationships that ended that ought to have led to marriage. So that's why we're talking about the reasons why marriages and great relationships fail this morning. You see, any mature person, let me start out on that note. Any mature person any wise person is not really impressed by starters anybody can start anything any fool can start anything any ignorant person can start anything i hear what i'm saying this morning so for people that are really wise veterans people that are smart he's always oh i want to start a business oh fantastic congratulations oh i want to start a family fantastic it's a good idea. I want to do this. I want to do that. It's a good idea. They are not really impressed. Because the fact that you started does not mean you will finish. That's why even if you study the book of Revelations, the Bible keeps saying, one of the things Jesus kept saying, right, to John, was that it is the one that overcomes that will be given the crown. Not the one that starts. The one that overcomes. And for you to overcome, it simply means you finish what you started. To him that overcometh. And let me tell you this. For every marriage that works. And every relationship that works. It's not that they didn't have their challenges. Because oftentimes, what people think is, you know, my situation is peculiar. I'm experiencing something nobody else understands. And that's why, you know, um, you know, this relationship is not working. Well, sometimes people are going through worse experiences. And their relationships are working. Because they already made up their mind that this thing is going to work. And see, let me tell you this. As believers, we must do whatever it takes within our might to make our relationships and our marriages work. And the reason why I'm saying relationship is this. From biblical standpoint, that's why for us as believers, we don't do relationship the way the world does it. What do I mean by that? The average Joe and Jane on the street, they go into a relationship to find out if, if it will work. Not so for a believer. For a Christian, you don't go into a relationship to find out if it will work. You go into it because you already have an assurance that it will work. Because you are led into that relationship. Because, see, when you study the book of Matthew, we're not going to go into it because of time. You know, it's also a family hangout Sunday. You know, so the service is going to close earlier today and uh, we're going to go have good, righteous fun. <laughs> you know, because when people say fun in this age and time, is the fun for fornication? Is <laughs> another fun entirely. So it's good to always clarify. Praise God. 
you know, what was I going to say before I said that? Okay, in Matthew chapter 1, when the Bible speaks about the birth of Jesus, you will realize that after the angel appeared to Mary, remember that Joseph and Mary were not yet married. The Bible says they were engaged. However, after the angel appeared to Mary and told her that you are going to be pregnant with Jesus, every other instruction that came to that family after the appearance of of the angel to Mary came through Joseph, not through Mary. Why? Because as far as God God was concerned, and in the Jewish culture, the moment you say you are engaged, you are almost as good as married. But unfortunately, in this age, people just enter a relationship anyhow and just break it anyhow. Not knowing that how you do one thing is how you do everything. People don't know that they are already rehearsing and programming themselves for divorce. Because it will get to a point when you are already used to entering relationship and getting out. Entering in and getting out. When you eventually get married, it will no longer be a big deal to you to also enter and come out. Because you are already used to it. So any little things, I'm getting the hell out of here. <laughs> no, not so for a believer. I hear what I'm saying. You must ensure you do whatever it takes on your own part. But anything that involves another human being, you need to realize you don't have complete control over it. But for the believer, you must ensure that even if it doesn't work, you know when you stand before God with a clear conscience, you can say that of the truth, I did everything humanly possible on my own part to ensure that this thing works. And my prayer for you this morning is that your marriage will work. Amen. Your relationships will work. Amen. You know, one of the grace in this house for everyone genuinely connected for singles is the grace to choose right. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And other people say things like you don't really know the relationship that works. You are deluded. Mine is working. Working very well. <laughs> if you don't believe it, that's your problem. And I'm privileged to have mentors and my pastor whose relationship is working very well. The reason why you are not sure if it is working is because you have not experienced what is working. It's just like if you have a phone and I say we don't know the phone that is working. It's because yours is not working. If you know what is working, you will recognize it when it is working. And it is a grace in this house if you are truly connected and you align yourself with the teachings. Because some people will say things like, you know, oh, those say pastor is saying, you know, pastor is old school. As if I'm in my 70s. The pastor does not really understand. He doesn't understand. <laughs> you know. And they decide to go their own way. I remember sometimes, you know, someone very close was saying something to me and said, you know, ah, I re- pastor, you really need to take re- the relationships in the house seriously. You know, you teach about relationship a lot. You know, some people will not say you are teaching it. People are having a different experience. I said, anybody that wants to have the experience, they are different. And they are free to have a different experience. I said, someone else having a different experience does not invalidate my own experience and the truth that I'm teaching. So you can decide to go your own way. But let me tell you this. If you we align with the teaching in this house and connect to the grace as a single, you can't miss it. And if you are married, I don't care whatever you may be going through in marriage. My prayer for you this morning is that there will be a reorganization in the name of Jesus. So you need to understand that most marriages have already failed before the wedding. It's just that people didn't know. Every marriage that failed... For everyone that is discerning and understand how these things work, they already knew somewhere at the back of my, their mind that this thing, there's a crack there. But fortunately, for single people, when they are thinking about marriage, 
the focus is on wedding. Focus is always on wedding. And say, I really know, I have an understanding that you don't know what marriage is about. That's why you are obsessed with wedding. Because if you truly understand what marriage is about, you will prioritize preparing for marriage more than wedding. I strongly believe because it's even a recommendation of scripture and I'm still going to get that in Titus chapter 2. One of the things I want us to do before the end of this year is to create a forum whereby singles we ask married people in the house questions. You know, it's amazing. It's a good idea, a good place to clap. You know, because sometimes, I'm, and when I say married people, apart from first lady and I, that you will ask questions and they will be honest with you because singles can't wait to get married. Married people can't wait to get out. Isn't it amazing? A lot of singles, I can't wait, I can't wait. <laughs> say, calm down. Say, ah, pastor, you know, even they will call scripture to you. You know, Bible says that it's somebody that is burning. You know, she'll marry so that they will not burn. <laughs> After you have finished burning, eh? <laughs> in marriage, uh, they will need to beg you, oh God, please, you stay. Eh? Calm down. It's amazing. Is amazing. So I strongly believe that we need that balance. You know, singles asking married people questions. You know, and when I say asking married people questions, we we I will filter it. Some people that will tell you, well, marriage go down. Oh, whoa. <laughs> people that have been schooled and trained for they go and poison people's spirits. Because some people, what they will do is transfer their fear to other people. Somebody will not make up their mind. Ah. This marriage thing is not for me. It's for you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So let's go right into the business. The first reason why most marriages and great relationships fail. Number one is dichotomy of vision. Dichotomy of vision. Dichotomy spelled D-I-C-H-O-T-O-M-Y. Dichotomy of vision. In Proverbs 29 and verse 18, the Bible says, where there is no vision, the people perish. It says, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Everybody seated here this morning already has a vision, whether you are aware of it or not. Some of us, the vision we have concerning marriage are the visions of what has been painted to us unconsciously by our parents. For some of us, there are visions that we adopted over the years. Things that we picked up from our favorite, maybe celebrities, you know, TV show hosts, you know, actors, actresses, you know, uh, musicians. You, or maybe someone you're following online, an influencer. You picked it up. And you see, the reason why a lot of relationships and marriages don't work is because people come into marriage with different visions. So, you have a picture of what marriage should be like. Your partner also has another vision of what marriage is supposed to be like. And it's only a matter of time before you begin to clash. Because vision determines direction. And the direction you want to go will determine the decisions you make. So, if I have a vision of going to Ibadan, my direction will be towards, this is east or west. This is east, right? Is this east or west? This is east. My left is east. The direction I will go is east. But if I get married to someone, right, I'm in a relationship with someone whose 
vision is to go to the island. The person's direction will be towards where? The west. There will never be any meeting point. We can be living under the same roof, but there can never be any meeting point. And so our decisions are going to be different. No matter how much we love each other, see, the least and minimum requirement to making marriage work is love. People need to get that. There is no place you will study from Genesis to Revelation where the Bible says marry who you love. I know somebody is shocked. Study your Bible. It's not there. Because it's like a no-brainer. It's just like saying you are marrying a believer as a believer. It's not supposed to be a, a subject of discussion. Now, so why do you want to marry this person? He's a Christian. Before on call, he should have been a, a balist. You know, he's a Christian. He loves God. Why didn't he love the, the devil? Those are no-brainer. That's not, that's not even a reason why you marry someone. Am I making sense this morning? In fact, the fact that someone is a Christian is no guarantee they can be married. There are many Christians with different ideologies. The fact that someone is a pastor doesn't mean they can be married. Oh, first lady met different pastors before she met the right pastor. <laughs> there was a pastor that almost raped her. Uh-huh, there are pastors. Their own calling, that one is there's nothing wrong. We style, style, style. <laughs> he met pastors that believe in taking a little something. You know, spirits to spirits. Just take it. <laughs> You know, there are pastors that drink before they preach. It gives them confidence. They can't see anything. They'll be saying rubbish. So the question is, what is your vision? And your vision, where did you get it from? Is it in alignment with that of your partner? Whether married or single? Because whether you like it or not, a time is going to come when that vision is going to come into play. That's why in Amos chapter 3 and verse 3, the Bible says, can two walk together except they are in agreement? Except they are in agreement. So one of the things you must find out is, are we in agreement? What is my marriage vision? What is my spiritual vision? When I mean spiritual vision, what, what, what's my vision for my walk of faith? When it comes to growth, when it comes to my relationship with God, when it comes to covenant practice, what's the vision? What do I see? So when I'm talking about vision, I'm not talking about something that you slept in the night and God woke you up. Say, my daughter, my daughter. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the pictures you see about the future. Or do you see? What's your parenting vision? Some people, what describe their marriage is disparity in parenting. Someone believes in telling the children once they do something wrong, go to the naughty corner. And that one believes in naughty beating. Before you know it, you will leave the marriage and be fighting each other. What's your financial vision? What do you see about your finances? Those things are very important. You must be seeing the same thing. You must be seeing the same thing. You must be seeing the same thing. Mm. Very important. Very, very important. How will our children be raised? Are you seeing the same thing? How will they be disciplined? Are we going to believe in sleepovers? I had something during the week, you know, that really blessed me. You know, about a young lady, when she became 18, all the while she had been asking her parents for the opportunity to do sleepovers, you know, sleepovers with her friends. And the father will always say no. 
So when she became 18, you know, in the US, he said, well, daddy, I'm asking you out of court. See now, I can make my decision. So the father said, no problem, you can go. So the evening of her first sleepover, she called her dad in the night and she was crying. And the dad said, what's wrong? You know, I started saying, daddy, thank you. Thank you for saying no to me. He said, because I'm having a conversation with all my friends here. And I realized that all of them, number one, I was the first person to have a sleepover. At the age of it, every one of them have been doing sleepovers since they were very young. And they are 9, 10, 11, 12. And every one of them without fail has been abused. Because people are not abused by strangers. And people still don't realize that. People are not abused by strangers. Anyway. She told her father, thank you for saying no to me. That must have been a byproduct of vision. Because in some months, father will say no, mother will say yes. So what is it? Your own is too much. You are saying your own is too much in the presence of a child. A child already knows you are not saying the same thing. So what do you see? What's your marketplace vision? What's your vision for your career, for your business? How far do you want to go? Some people, they don't, is this life, as long as they have food to eat, clothes to wear, drive the tokuboka and live in a bungalow, they are fine. And it doesn't mean that you, that you want to take over the world, you are better than them. That's just their vision. So, if someone has a vision of taking over the world, and the person gets married to someone that is easily satisfied, they will have issues. They will have issues. My wife has never complained that I work too much. Because she knew the kind of person she married before we got married. And you are working too much. Oh, we'll come now. Leave this working. She working, no definition. And I've never complained. In fact, I'm concerned when she's not working enough. Madam, what is happening? Pray you. You need more work. What's happening? But you know, in some families, there's been a problem. The complaint is my husband is not spending too much. To me, if you are spending too much at home, you are in irritation. What are you doing at home? An adult. Go out and look for something to do. Or create something for yourself to do. That's my own marketplace vision. And it aligns with that of my wife. If yours is, you know, we always want to be at home, hold each other, be under the duet. Fantastic. But make sure your vision aligns. And make sure that in that staying under the duvet, there is a plan and strategy for income. Before poverty chases you out. <laughs> you know, so just make sure. <laughs> Praise God. Number two is lack of mentorship. Lack of what? Mentorship. I can tell you to a very great extent. If you are married or you are planning to get married and you don't have a marriage mentor, you will have marital crisis. I can guarantee you that. It's not a cause. I can guarantee you 100% you will have crisis. If you don't have a marriage mentor before you get married, for those of us that are married, better get one very fast. You see, a marriage mentor will demystify in one hour a pain you have been going through for 10 years. A needless pain. And I tell you, my marriage is working. It's not because I'm a pastor. It's because I've always had mentors. Since 2002, that was the first time I came to an awareness of mentorship. I've had a mentor for over 21 years. How many years is that now? For 21 years, not over. 21 years. 21 years. 21 years. Who say, how do you know? The person that you are even saying you should mentor you. How you should... 
See, when people say things like that, you already know they are just irresponsible. You too, how would you know if something is working for someone? How won't you know? You will know that you will observe. It's not every Jane and Jack that you see on the street will just say mentor me. Because the Bible says, by their fruit, you shall know them. So check their fruits. Check their fruits. Praise the Lord. And see, longevity in marriage is not a qualification for marriage mentorship. Some people have been married for long. But so has their sorrow been for long. I hear what I'm saying. I'm not shading anybody. I'm just saying the fact. You see, Titus chapter 2, we need to see Titus chapter 2 and verse 3 to 5. Because oftentimes people say things like, you know, no, will somebody now tell you how to relate with your wife? Are they married to your wife? Please read the Bible. Can we all read it together once to go out loud? The aged women likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not giving too much wine, teachers of good things, that they may do what? Teach the young women to be what? Sober to what? Love their husbands to what? So it means how to love your husband. You are supposed to be taught. This is Bible. How to love your children. Somebody is supposed to teach you. But today, no, 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 no. How can they be telling me what to do? Eh, that's why you are going through what you are going through. Because you feel you are smarter than God. He said to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husband, that the word of God be not blasphemed. What does that mean? You see some Christians, people say things like they call themselves Christians and they do all this, their marriage. They are raising their voice at each other, beating each other because they have no mentor. See, as a lady and as a guy that is single, my passion is more for you. I'm passionate about married people, don't get me wrong. Go. Huh? But you still have the opportunity to choose right. See, I do marriage counseling professionally. And marriage counseling, eh? My fees is always higher for premarriage counseling because you are in pain. So uh, you will pay. You know when people before people get married, when they come for counseling, they really uh, is an option. But when everything is about to fall apart, one thousand dollars per hour. Pass on which account? <laughs> Single people are saying, "I will think about it." Uh, don't worry. Always like the Yoruba proverb. The stool is waiting at home for the bomb bomb. I'm waiting. Uh, because I know I've lived you no, know, not too long. But I've lived, I've lived for a while. <laughs> I've seen patterns over the years. I've seen it. See, let me tell you, in case you are here and you've gotten married and you didn't go through counseling, eh? You better go through it fast. Because I'm telling you, there is a pain waiting that can be avoided telling you. Hmm. I'm telling you. You don't need to believe, but you will remember my words. You remember my words. And the truth is, I can't counsel everybody in this church. So don't say, ah, ah, Pastor, well, don't after service, don't come to me and say, Pastor, when can I see you? Uh-uh. There are people that have been trained in this house that they can counsel you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? First lady can counsel you. Our ministers can counsel you. They've been trained. So Pastor can attend to everybody because I'm not shall die or else I shall soon die. So I want to live long. <laughs> Praise the Lord. How of us would like to see me for a very long time? Yeah, so help me preserve my energy. <laughs> Praise God. Hebrews 6 and verse 12. It says, Do not be slothful. Hebrews 6 and verse 12. Do not be slothful. It says, But be followers. 
of them who through faith and patience inherit the promise. I love that, you know, presentation by expressions. Can we celebrate them? You know, fantastic. I'm really looking forward to the last Sunday next month. You know, the message next month, the last Sunday is expressions, is by expression, is a drama. Praise God. You know, what really happened there was mentorship. 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 That was a great relationship that would have failed. So it's not only marriages that fail. Great relationships fail. Relationships that should have ended the marriage. But because there was no body that could sit A and B down. And tell B when the head is not correct that your head is not correct. You know some people, it's amazing how people don't want anyone that can speak the truth to them in this generation. It's amazing. Well, it's not in this generation that has always been like that. It's human nature. It's when people are in pain, oftentimes, that they respond to the truth. Don't be like that. Don't be like that. Be the kind of person that is proactive. Someone that goes after the truth before there is a demand for it. In Isaiah 51 and verse 2, the Bible says, Look unto Abraham, your father, and to Sarah that bear thee. Isn't it amazing that God didn't say, Look unto me, in a sense? He said, Look unto Abraham. Look unto him. But today, you hear people saying things like, Everything, you know, me and his God, is between me and God. You are error, you are in error. That's why some people don't even go to church. They say, No, salvation is personal. No, it is not. Read your Bible. Jesus told the disciples, Until you are in one accord, the Holy Ghost will not come. He's won't go and meet Peter in his house. He's won't go and meet John in his own house. If you are not together in one accord, the Holy Ghost will not come. Please read your Bible. You know, salvation is personal. You know, I'm in my house. You know, it's even better between me and God. And that's why you are sleeping off. And you are worshiping. You know, it's more difficult, you know, not to be responsive and attentive in church. Compared to when you are alone at home. That's because you don't want to be accountable. Every child belongs to a family. I hear what I'm saying. As a child of God, you are supposed to be part of a family. You are not an orphan. You are not an orphan. So you should be part of a family. So the second reason why marriages and great relationships fail is because of lack of mentorship. Lack of mentorship. You look at Ruth. How did Ruth get married to Boaz? Through mentorship. Naomi mentored her. This is how to get Boaz's attention. This is how you dress. This is how you present yourself to him. This is where you will find him. Where you can get his attention. He's a busy man. And busy men, there's a way you can get the attention. You can't get the attention during work hours. There's a time you can get his attention. Some of us who are looking for high quality men, but you have a low quality approach. You can't see them. You will never see them. You will never find certain fruits in certain places. No matter how much you pray and fast, there are certain kinds of people you cannot see in certain places. Are you hear what I'm saying? Esther was mentored by Mordecai. So it simply means that you can also be mentored by a father figure as a woman. Because Mordecai was a man mentored Esther. Told her when you get into the palace, this is what to do and what not to do. This is how to keep the attention of the king. How many of us know Vashti? You remember you know why Vashti lost her place? There was no mention of anybody talking to her. No mentor. No applying relationship. So, she entered by herself and left by herself. May your home be preserved. 
in the name of Jesus. And let me tell you, husband and wife, you can't be your, each other's counselor. So people say, yeah, I have counselor. We counsel ourselves. That's nonsense. You cannot be You can't be each other's counselor. When emotions are intense, you don't listen to each other. You need someone whose voice you honor and respect to see the two of you there and say, keep quiet. And let me tell you this. Nobody can counsel you except you honor them and you regard their words. Am I making sense? Because someone is your counselor. So they just borrowed money from you yesterday. He will even be afraid to tell you the truth. <laughs> we are afraid. Let's be like, Pastor. Pastor be talking gradually. That 5K, you never return now. <laughs> oh, I'm glad I'm owing nobody. So I can tell anybody the truth. You know, it's a fantastic thing. Huh? I'm owing you. Uh, we owe each other. <laughs> That's why I'm grateful for God. That I should be grateful to God you have a kind of pastor like me. I can tell anybody the truth. <laughs> oh, and I thank God I learned that from my pastor. I've learned how to abase and I've learned how to abound. I would never walk up to a church member to ask for help. Never. I've never done it. I never did it. It's not now that I will start it. When by the grace of God, God is blessing us. It's not now. It's not now. I'm thinking of what to give you, not what to collect from you. So that's one of the ways you qualify a counselor. A counselor can't be looking up to you. <laughs> In fact, some people, they say they want to counsel. They have already planned what the person will tell the wife before they show up. This is what you will tell her. If you don't tell her, you remember that. That's okay, okay, okay. I don't get, I don't get. And so the man is not even listening to what the woman is saying. He's just waiting to give her the instruction. The husband has instructed him to instruct her. God give you the right counselor. Amen. Number three is lack of preparation. Lack of preparation. Lack of preparation. I think I already mentioned something as regards to this. You must prepare more for the marriage than you are preparing for the wedding. Am I making sense? You can have a glow, a, 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 what do we call it now? A glamorous wedding and have a chaotic marriage. In fact, from experience and from observation of pattern, I've realized that the more glamorous a wedding is, oftentimes, not all the time, oftentimes, the more chaotic the marriage becomes. Because when you spend one year planning for wedding, you should spend two years preparing for the marriage. Preparation for the marriage must be greater than preparation for the wedding. You can buy suits overnight. Let me tell you this. First lady, please, sorry. I'm taking permission as I'm here now. <laughs> the shoe I wore for our church service, uh, it was after an engagement, we went to buy it. After the engagement. Uh? You also bought your own suit that day. Uh, me, I can't remember. But I know people were looking for us at the hotel. We said, we are coming. We went to buy my shoe. You can buy you can buy suits, you can rent wedding dress, but you can't rent wisdom. If you don't have it, you don't have it. You can't rent preparation. If you are prepared, you are prepared. If you are not prepared, you are not prepared. You can't fake it. You know, they asked a couple of ladies in an interview, they were doing the research, 
and asked them, what surprised you the most when you got married? You know what many ladies said? That we are going to be cooking every day. So, how do you think married people eat? Oh, because it's taking you to mega chicken now. Is mine not chicken you'll be eating every day? <laughs> you know, we go to Marriott, go to Radisson for lunch. Really? You think that's what will be happening every day in marriage? You better be prepared. You will cook well. And the man too should help. Uh, it's not scriptural that a man should not know how to cook. Because the only person the Bible tells us that was cooking was a man. Jacob, he bought the birthright from cooking from his brother, Esau. So as a man, know how to cook. His deficiency in upbringing for a man, for you not to know how to cook. I'm not insulting anybody, but to, for you to now see it as pride, as a man, I cannot cook, is rubbish. Go and learn how to cook. Don't kill that woman. Many times people look at my wife and say, ah, first lady is looking young. You know how many people have got, you know, we're inviting people, you know, for the 48th birthday celebration. It's two weeks away. Hallelujah. I can't, you know how many people have said to me, I never believe first lady is close to 40. I said, because there are some things I don't allow my wife to do. She can't be the one cooking, be the one washing, mopping the floor, doing laundry. By 40, she'll be looking 60. Many of you, you admire things you are not investing in your marriage. You invest it. You can only reap what you sow. If you don't sow it, you can reap it. It's also, there's also a selfish motive behind it. So as you grow older, you'll be looking younger. So don't do those things. Leave it. I will do it. So prepare. Uncle, auntie, prepare. The best time to plant a tree was five years ago. The next best time to plant it is now. So if we are not prepared, start preparing for your future now. For the remaining days and years you have a marriage, start preparing. Some people, your preparation is going to cooking culinary school. Is that what they call it? Uh-huh. Before you start planning wedding, go to culinary school. Cooking dome is not learning how to cook. That's not cooking. It's not cooking. And the kind of culinary school we are saying is not a lag baran lag school. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you need to be following first lady to understand that joke. <laughs> Some of us, we need to prepare ourselves domestically. You need to learn how to sweep. Some men don't know how to sweep. Some women don't know how to sweep. How will your house be clean? See, marriage is not what you see in movies, though. Eh? That one is take set up. Is a, is a, what do they call it? It's set up, Abby. What do you call it, Mr. Moe? Set up, Abby. It's a set up. It's not real. It's a husband and wife coming home, you know. You have kids, toddlers. You think your house will always be neat. Oh. He now paints the house white. Uh-oh. And there is marker close by. Oh. Uh, the wall is their canvas. Just be drawing everything. <laughs> Prepare yourselves. Prepare yourself. It is lack of preparation that leads to so much failure. A student does, does not prepare. Huh? For exam, when he arrives in the examination hall, he will be counting the ceiling like an abalist that has forgotten the sentences of his oracle. He will just be counting. 
<laughs> How of us have been in those kind of situations before? Is the day of exam you realize the number of ceiling that was in? Ah, wow! So this light is no longer working. Wow! Because you don't know what to write, you were not prepared. Mm. Also, spiritual preparation important. Some of us need to prepare ourselves, especially as men. We need to prepare ourselves spiritually in the sense that you need to know what it means to be the head. So, spiritual pressure is not only prayer and fasting. That's a critical aspect of it. But another important aspect of it is learning what it means to assume the position of headship in the home. And for the woman, understanding what it means to submit. Because there's spiritual responsibility and calling for you. We live in a time where everybody wants to be the head, both the man and the woman. Anything that has to wear is a monster. Emotional preparation. Some people, before you get married, and now that you are married, you need to learn how to forgive. How to let things go. Some people, if you do something and you offend them, one year later they will remind you the time you said it, how you said it, the clothes you wore. They will tell you it was raining under the bamboo tree. <laughs> you were wearing a green shirt on a lemon pants. With a red shoe. Please don't wear that or you are a clown. <laughs> also financial preparation. Financial preparation. In terms of savings. Ability to make money and increase earnings. All these things are critical to the success of every marriage and great relationship. Also social preparation. Part of preparing for a marriage that will last is learning how to build and maintain quality relationship. Your partner cannot satisfy your emotional need. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Our married people understand that by now. Singles get it. Many people, when they, many singles, when they are thinking about marriage, you know, it would always be there for me, you know, be my sounding, but not all the time. Not all the time. Not all the time. So, you must also learn how to build friends and friendship. Mutual friends. In fact, they are married, mutual friends. Don't have a friend as a man huh, that your wife is not comfortable with. Are you hearing what I'm saying? All my wise friends are my friend. Huh? All my friends are my wise friend. If I'm not comfortable with one, the friendship ends. If she's not comfortable with one, the friendship ends. Because now you are one. And you are one. What affects one person? If their friends are saying something you are not comfortable with, they will soon contaminate that marriage. It was what Eve had from the serpent that destroyed their marriage. How did I know the marriage was destroyed? Because the first child they produced more dad the other child. It's going to talk about sexual preparation, but since we have so much singles in the house, before people start thinking, they think, who think? But please understand this. In marriage, sex is a duty. Sex as a single is different from sex in marriage. is a responsibility. And that's what the Bible says. If I love the choice of words of the scriptures, it says don't defraud one another. You know, stolen water, as the Bible says, is sweet. When you are doing something when you are not supposed to be doing it, it is more enjoyable. When you get married, you will realize that when you are tired and your partner wants it, you must still do it. It's not every time we are saying my head, my shoulder, my knee, my toe. But with your head, I don't worry. You will be healed in the process. It will heal you. <laughs> Praise God. 
Based on today, you complain to another day, you complain as a married person, you keep complaining. That's not an excuse for someone, but you are opening up your partner, either male or female, to extramarital affairs. If you are someone that does not like sex, get help before marriage. Marriage is not for you. I hear what I'm saying. Everywhere is quiet. I see if you guys don't understand sex. It's an adult church. Oh, stop looking at me as if I'm speaking German. I've had some women say things like, you know, is sex food? He's asking for it. Yes. In marriage, is food. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It is. So if it is the woman too that wants more of it, you see, in marriage, for sex, you don't say no. You say no with a time frame. You can't just say no. So I'm not in the mood. Okay, so when will you be in the mood? And just say no. What's no no what? <laughs> no, one of these. I, I think last year I did a three teachings on sex. And listen to it. People don't like to hear these things in church, but you are hearing rubbish from everywhere. Hear the right thing from church. Or maybe I should show us the scripture because the way some of us are looking at me, this man of God is carnal. First Corinthians seven verse one to five. I can't get to seven, unfortunately. I wanted to talk about seven things, but. I'm not going to get to 7, unfortunately. 1 Corinthians 7, verse 1 to 5. Have you been blessed today? Can we all read it together? Want to go? Now, concerning the things whereof ye wrote unto me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. Nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife, and let every woman have her own husband. Let the husband render unto the wife due benevolence, and likewise also the wife unto the husband. The wife does not have power over her own body, but the husband. And likewise also the husband has no power of his own body, but the wife. Defraud ye not one the other, except it be with consent for a time. So it simply means you can't just say no. There must be an agreement. So all this, I'm going on 40 days fasting and prayer, no sex. It's, not, it's wrong. As a married person, you hearing what I'm saying? I remember, I think it was three years after we got married. My wife reported me to Reverend. And Reverend told me, I'll never forget, he said, Kuba we jail. You do it. <laughs> that means it doesn't spoil fast. Ah, that day I repent. I said, yes, sir. He said, I mean, when I'm fasting and it needs to happen, it happens. I said, praise the Lord. He <laughs> says that you may give yourself to fasting and prayer. It simply means if you are going to go into fasting and stay away from sex your spouse must agree so if your spouse says you can fast but we can see we must still have sex if you stay away from sex and you are praying you are wasting your time god is not hearing some of us are more spiritual than the holy ghost please hear this now go and stay on the mountain you leave your spouse at home He says, and come together again, that Satan tempts you not for your incontinency. That means inconsistency. It means sex has to be constant. There are times when I meet some couple, when I begin to hear them. First question I just ask straight, when last do you have sex? And most times, that's the way your problem is. Go back. After two weeks of daily dose, come back. (laughs) Most times when they come back, you see, that's where your problem is. You see, the problem is many people... hmm, Let's leave that for some other time. Have you been blessed? Uh, You will be blessed now because I spoke about sex. (laughs) 
all right so which one should i take for the last as i round up this morning um okay neglect number four neglect most marriages and great relationships don't last and they fail because of neglect songs of solomon chapter one and verse six songs of solomon chapter one and verse six songs of solomon chapter one and verse 6, Songs of Solomon, chapter 1 and verse 6. The Bible says, look not upon me because I am black. Because the sun has looked upon me. My mother's children were angry with me. They made me the keeper of the vineyard. But my own vineyard, I have not what? I have not kept. I neglected it. I was busy about other people's vineyard, but I ignored my own. Anything you don't pay attention to will die a natural death. You don't pay attention to your marriage. You don't pay attention to your relationship. It will die a natural death. That's why you say it is a serious red flag in a relationship for the parties involved not to have time for each other. You are not yet married. You don't have time for each other. What will not happen when you get married? When you are in a relationship, you should even, you know, you should almost now, let me put it in a way that it should not be, you should have time for each other. Let me just say it that way. You should have time for each other. You have time for each other. So anything you neglect will die a natural death. If you neglect your relationship, if you neglect your marriage, it's going to die. It's going to fail. It's going to fail. And no prayer will reverse it. It's just the truth. It's just the truth. You know, I love flowers. Unfortunately, I think flowers don't like me. Because I'm too busy to remember to water them. And I always keep buying it and they always die. I just realized yesterday that the flower, you know, on our front porch. I've not watered it in over two months. So yesterday I got a bucket of water <laughs> and filled every individually. You know, I just said to myself, ah, I hope these flowers will survive. Most time they're already gone. Because before a green flower starts becoming brown, the root is dead. The root is dead. So sometimes you just uproot it and get another one. Sometimes that is what happens to many people's relationships and marriage. By the time you start seeing the problem, the problem is not the problem. The problem is the neglect of two years, three years. And please, men, when a woman starts complaining, in a way she has not been complaining before, you better listen. It's not when she starts complaining that your problem has started. It has started since. It has started since. There are two types of neglect. There's neglect of self and neglect of your partner in marriage. Neglect of self is the neglect of self-care. Some people, the day they got into a relationship, is they stop taking care of themselves. Before they got into a relationship, as a woman, they were trusting God for a man, prayed, fasted, did everything. Now a man has shown up, they are not making their hair anymore. All of a sudden, makeup has become too expensive. Dressing up is now too much stress. For some married people, as a woman, you are married. Your marriage is not up to 10 years. You are tying a rapper in the house. That's negative home support. In Yoruba, it's called the Shayi. They're already doing you and you don't know. Serious. Because sometimes what destroys marriages are these subtle things. You just behave anyhow in the house. And your husband is complaining. He says, I want my money. Is this children? Really? Men are moved by what they see. And when he goes outside, he did not see the woman, the other women, when they wake up. Before they lay the foundation and the roof and everything. The ones he's seen, they have laid foundation, built everything, laid, put the roof. When he comes back, you, you are always scattered all over the place. 
Be careful. Be careful. Be careful. Neglect of self-care also has to do with fitness. Some of you sometimes need to sit you down and ask you, do you want your wife to be a young widow? Because the way you are eating, you won't live long. That's not eating anything. It's neglect. When you neglect your health, you are neglecting the marriage. Neglecting your health. You are not exercising. You are not eating right. You are not fasting. You know, fasting has medical advantages. You don't fast. He asks you to fast. He say, me, I fast all night. That's why I break in the morning. Call breakfast. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Every colored drink goes into your mouth. You believe you are a good big boy by going to the club every Friday and taking all the drinks. You are killing yourself softly. You are dying. You just don't know. Well, by the time you are feeding, they will not be carrying you all up and down, looking for liver. What kind of life is that? Now put your family under stress. Some of us need to think 10 years from now, 15, 20 years from now, the things you are doing to your body, what kind of pressure will it put on your marriage? By the time you have your children, children that should be spending their money on themselves to build their own life, they will now be running up and down, borrowing money to take care of you. What a useless man you are. Don't live like that. And it's not only men, women also. Take care of yourself. I'll say, um, um, Sister Pat, please remind me what you said you were going to do before the end of the year. As we men, please go for screenings. Check yourself. Men also. You are feeling something in your body. is until you break down completely. Many of us, the reason why we keep going to hospital is because we are not taking care of our health. Before something breaks you down, the symptom is already showing up. I don't pay attention to it. I say, I'll be alright, I'll be alright, I'll be alright. You're not alright. You're not alright. And sometimes you are trying to manage money. Eventually, the money you don't want to spend, you will eventually spend more and put the people that love you in pain. I say, let me tell you this, no matter how more people love you, they won't stay permanently with you in the hospital. There will be a lot of people the first day. By the second day, people are reducing gradually. Very soon, they will be calling you. Send the call return to text message. Text message return to WhatsApp message. Very soon, say, Ah, I'm sorry, I forgot to get across to you. They forgot, they forget you there. If you like, rise up like Lazarus. If you like, die there. They have moved on. Some of us need to think about the future. Don't you want to walk your daughter down as a man, down the high? Eh? Mr. Lawrence, imagine. Yes, don't you want to walk Zanita down the high? Say, Who is giving this woman? To a man, say, I. Please, men, think about that. As if you die, someone else will take your place. So. Male or female? Someone else. All the labor. The labor of heroes pass. This one will be in vain. So we just pick up where you left off. Let me tell you, it's years ago that people don't marry. If people are saying, because somebody is a single woman. You know? See, and if you're a single woman, please destroy that mindset. Work on yourself. You are not less valuable as a child of God. Your past is in the past. You hear what I'm saying? Yeah. Years ago, they'll be saying things like uh, somebody that I can't marry. Some people, there are some men, there is even women that are experienced they are looking for. They are not looking for novices. So if you die, someone will take over from where you left off and continue. You'll just be looking from heaven in regret. Ah, 
I wish I listened to what Pastor Akitola Samo said, but that would not be your experience. Because you will hear now. Say, I've heard. <laughs> Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the seed of your word that has been sown in our hearts. Oh, we give you the thanks and the praise. We thank you because this word, it will multiply in our hearts. Thank you because the grace to be a doer of the same is released alongside. Thank you because our relationships will work. Thank you because the wisdom to make our marriages work, they are supplied. This morning I come against the spirit of pride. The spirit of pride that makes us to believe we know what we are doing when we don't know what we are doing. Let that spirit die in us. We receive a teachable spirit. We receive a humble spirit. We learn what we need to learn in the name of Jesus. And we put to work the principles that we enable us to build strong marriages in the name of Jesus. Our home shall be a model unto hundreds and thousands of people all over the world. We give you the thanks and the praise for in Jesus name we have prayed. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Thank you. Hey, I'm not sure because of time if I'll be able to take all these questions. Is there an age limit for a lady to be married? I'm a 32. I'm 32 and single. I have a failed relationship three. I had a failed relationship three years ago. My mom thinks it's time I get married because my younger sister is married. And this, and that I'm running out of time. The Bible says my time are in his hands. It's good to marry early. But it's also better to wait long than to marry wrong. In the words of first lady. It's better to wait long than what? And to marry wrong. Don't let your parents put you under pressure. They won't live in that home with you. They won't live. They can only come visiting. And they will now sit down and be having a meeting. And you too, don't slap her now. Mommy too, you don't know what she said. And you too, why did you say that? After that, they will go back to their house. You are the one that will be inside. Uh-huh. So don't let any parents pressure you. From the drama, why was the slap from the bride to be not addressed and seen as nothing? What if it was the other way around? If the lady was the one wanting the sex and the guy slapped her, would the marriage also be advised to go on? In one word, why is violence with men not addressed? And when it is a woman, it's taken up. I don't support domestic violence, but I'm not gender biased. Expression. That's a message for you. So... We don't also believe in gender violence in this house. But I strongly believe it's because they were having... It was addressed. Oh, that's true. They told them to apologize, you know. So, so it was addressed. Praise the Lord. Uh, So, um, you know, there are some women that they are the ones that beat men up. No, no, no. See, let me tell you. If I see, and this is not funny. You know, I do marry counseling professionally. Let me tell you something. The reason why we don't hear much of women beating their husband is because out of 10 men beaten by their wives, only two talk about it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But out of every 10 women beaten by their husband, nine we talk about it. If I, the one that they are still doing has already said they are affecting her mental health. That's what she's correct. 11 out of 10, we report it. Men are also facing domestic violence. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, I beg and tell my boyfriend to go to church always. Is he a bad sign or should I be patient and guide him to Christ? Is it your question? 
It's a question. There are no the question, person's question is the person's question. Please. How do I overcome pressure from family? Okay. If you have to be begging your boyfriend to go to church, it's not a red flag, it's a red billboard. You see, if you are dragging him to church, you will drag him for the rest of your life. It's supposed to be the head. And headship in marriage does not start when you are married. It should start before you get married. It should be the one challenging you. Do you understand? Challenging you to go to church. Challenging you to be more serious with God. Not the other way around. But trust me, if you drag him to... And see, you cannot guide someone to Christ because you want to marry them. They should have been guided to Christ. Because that's already an ulterior motive. It's one of the things I didn't talk about. Wrong foundations. Wrong foundation. You are not a converter. I will marry him and convert him. Most time it never works. I think I spoke about that extensively on Wednesday at the midweek retreat. They are the ones that will convert you. How do I overcome pressure from family? If possible, distance yourself physically and regulate the conversation and communication. Or have a conversation with them respectfully. There was a time in my life before I got married. Once it's my birthday, I know what the prayer will be. Akin. Ninwa dunyi. Oloma fweni ya wotiti. For those of us that don't understand Yoruba, this year, God will give you your own. It got to a point, I had to tell my mom respectfully, if you are praying, pray to your God. Don't tell me your prayer point. You are putting me under pressure. Do you understand? I said it respectfully and honorably. Not, mommy, do I ever come in your life? You are cutting short your life. I'm serious. So the fact that you understand English now, they sent you to school to understand grammar. You are now abusing them with that grammar. Please, let's have sense. Covenant sense. How do one deal with a guy that is always busy? He doesn't have time to communicate. If he's too busy for you in relationship, he'll be too busy for you in marriage. Every man, ah, uh, you see, men are usually not encouraged to go for what they want. If a man wants you, no matter how busy he is, he will create time for you. I've always been a, when I met my wife, I was a busy person. For those of us that were at me drink charge, I told you now, when we were dating in my estate, the vigilantes knew me. You know what that means? It means the time I get home. Because as a rule, we can't do sleepovers. Aha. Uh-huh. So as busy as I am, after the day, I will go. I was living in Festac, then I'm a word of him. She was living in Ogba. Imagine the traffic. And we usually see, hey, it's because you don't know what you are looking for. If you know what you are looking for, you will look for it. And we usually saw minimum three times a week. Ah. So if it's too busy for you, I say, let me tell you this, if you know me, I'm someone that doesn't have time for serenity. So if I created time, it's because I knew, hey, oh my God, Allah, this girl must not go. <laughs> My partner is the unserious type, making jokes out of everything. How do I get him to be serious with conversations that are very important? <laughs> I don't know how to answer that question. Because me, my own complaint is they always say me I'm too serious. <laughs> so how do I answer that now? Alright, if he's unserious, I, I think he's just a happy person. And you have something to learn. If you are complaining that he's the unserious type, you may need a higher dose of joy. No, I'm serious. Because most times when you complain about someone not being too serious, um, not being unserious, it's because you are too serious. 
I used to think my wife was too serious. I thank God that I met some, I married someone that is not that serious. Because everything would have been too serious. You see now that I crack jokes, it's almost impossible for me to preach a message. Huh? Without people not laughing. I was not always like that. If, I, if you laugh too much, I'll be like, why are you laughing? <laughs> I believe that people will laugh too much. They don't have sense. That they are not thinking. That they are thinking. What's laughter now? <laughs> you know. So I think there should just be a balance. So if there is something really serious you need to talk about, sit in them and let him know that. I need to talk to you about something very serious. Most likely you still crack a joke. Eh? Who's serious? <laughs> so... <laughs> just just understand that as the person you have married or the person you are engaged to how many days in a week can someone have sex with her husband as many days as possible in a day as long as it works for the two of you child don't lose your job over sex <laughs> because you know sometimes if you really do it well for those of us that marry you will be tired when you get to work you are looking at your sister you are not saying anything and say, Mr. Kiafa with that fire Eh? You are thinking something else. Before you know it, they will just release you. Go and continue at home. <laughs> you said if you don't have, if you don't like sex, get help before marriage. How do you know if you are practicing sexual purity? Ah, we are not. I mean, I'm not saying you should go and test. Oh. That's not what I'm saying. Oh. Please hear me well. Oh. Hmm. If you don't like it in the sense that when you hear about sex, there are some people now, out of all the jokes I've been cracking now, they're like, what kind of nonsense? Why should they be talking about this in church? Sex, is sex really unnecessary? You may need to check yourself. Especially if you add, you know, maybe abuse history. You may need to see a therapist. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Uh, because that reaction, you may transfer it to your partner in marriage. But it's not like, see, sexual compatibility is not discovered. It is developed. You don't discover who you are sexually compatible with. You develop it in marriage. According to God's plan, in marriage should be the first time you are having sex. So husband and wife should be teaching each other and getting themselves adapted to each other. Not see, I had an illustration which I believe is very fantastic. You have had sex all your life. You have tasted all kinds. You already have PhD in sexology. You now marry someone that has OND in sex. You will have issues. You see, many times when people say they are not sexually satisfied, the question I always ask in comparison to what? Because if you've not had it before, you will be satisfied. That will satisfy you. The reason why there is a definition of I'm not satisfied is because you already believe this is how something should be. So if you've dated somebody that they hang on the fan, they tie with rope, and you now marry a novice, and you now want to tie her to the fan, Wala, wala, wala. <laughs> you guys didn't allow us to finish service on time. 